Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Sherwinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Sherwinder. What's up, guys? Ryan here, Torsion Talk Podcast. It's been a few weeks. My apologies. Uh, the, the summit is kind of a big deal for us. And man, what a show. What a show. It was absolutely insane, uh, better than we could have ever imagined, and most of that was because of the people that came. Yes, I believe Tamara did an amazing job planning it and getting everything organized, but yes, it was the people that came that made it so wonderful. They were engaged, they were hungry. They took notes, they interacted with each other to make it better. I mean, it was incredible. So, being that the expo was, I don't know, uh, last week, when you hear this, it'll be like a week and a half ago. Um, I would say that the whole focus was sales and marketing. And we spent more time on sales, rightfully so. And we really drilled it hard. And I've already gotten messages from people who've gotten back in one week and have already seen a huge difference in their sales. So let's talk about sales today because I feel like our industry, you know, we we have this huge issue with dealers underpricing the market and all this stuff. Um, I want to tell you a story. I came into the garage door industry and I was talking to the AMAR rep. This was like before I even launched, I was launching and I was getting my account set up. And we got to talking about how I'm going to get business and this and that. I said, well, I've got a marketing background, so I think I can drive the leads and I've got, you know, uh, almost 20 years sales experience at some of the highest levels. I saw, I think I'll be a good salesperson. So driving leads and then closing them is my specialty. So I said, I think I can beat uh, people who don't have any sales experience or sales training. And he laughed. And said, well, there's a lot of great salespeople in the door industry. And there are some great salespeople. There aren't a lot of great salespeople in the area. And so I would say that lowering your price to win a deal does not make you a great salesperson. How to overcome a price objection and hold to your price and still close would make you a great salesperson. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of that stuff today. 
because I'm hearing door companies all over the country, including the ones that come to Summit, and it's been a little rocky year. Things aren't as explosive as they've been in the past. We are experiencing high highs and low lows. We're on the verge of falling short just barely of our goal for Q3. And we should be crushing it. But we're just seeing these major inconsistencies. Part of it's our team, maybe a little bit, probably. Part of it's the market. But the the thing is, is that we have to really utilize and do our best with every opportunity that's given to us. You know, I talk to people who reach out to us for marketing uh, through such and such. And the one one thing that, that I've been seeing is people are getting leads, but they're not following up. They don't have a good system in place. They're not, they don't have sales training. So if you're not closing majority of your leads or the right amount of your leads and you just want to buy more, you're supplementing your shortcomings in your business by buying more leads. You really got to do a better job with what you've got before you add a bunch to it. So sales is the engine to every business. People think marketing is, but really I think it's sales. But you could put marketing and sales in it. I mean, if you don't have leads and you can't close them, you don't have business. If you're at $500,000 a year, and sales, and you have two people doing all of that, or one person, like one and a half person, maybe one person's doing service and the other person's doing door sales and installs, you're capped. But what if you hired another salesperson and that person could do another 250? Now you've got 750. And I know the math doesn't work out exactly like that, but it's close. You know, when I worked in automotive sales, it was interesting because when we would get complacent because we were we were getting paid really well at the time, the manager would do what's called flood the floor. And he would hire like five people all at once, new people. Now, we were fully staffed. He would hire five people, like, all at once to come in. And, like, right out of the gate, two would probably drop out. You know, one one or two would probably not do great, and then one would do great. So he'd hit on, like, one out of five or six. But the problem was is that you had all these young cats come in And they would want to go out and do what's called take-ups. Ups Ups are uh, when someone walks onto the lot or drives up without an appointment. Well, there's only so many of those to go around. So when new people are going out and they're not trained, they blow through them. 
and it costs the company, it costs the other employees, opportunities. You know, if you send a skilled salesperson out there that's been doing it for five years versus a new guy who's been there for one week, even if the new guy closes it, he's probably not going to close it at a good, like, profit margin. And most automotive salespeople are paid off a gross profit. So with that, I think we, we take a look at do we have enough people to generate the revenue that we're trying to hit? That's certainly a factor, right? And if sales is the engine to our business and our salespeople are capped out, then we need to add salespeople. I think a lot about roofing companies and how they approach things. I mean, they literally hire people full commission, pay them a large percentage of the gross profit, and send them out. That's pretty cool if you ask me. They need more roofs, they hire more people. I know it's flawed, I know it's challenging. I know you got to find a certain amount of hunters to go do that. And there's two types of salespeople. You got hunters and gatherers. Hunters go create their sales opportunities. And they're super grateful for the ones you give them. Gatherers are going to do great with the leads that come in. I'm a hunter. I like to hunt. My salespeople go through stages where they have to do some hunting, but mostly they're gatherers. And I'm not saying I don't have hunters' personality or skill set, but we feed them 99% of the leads that they close. So in my head, I'm like, man, what if we hired a third salesperson to sell doors? and screens and we're sitting here like okay well we're doing X amount now if we add a person it's going to eat into theirs a little bit but now everybody's going to be hungry to go out and hunt go kill it and bring it back to me that sounds really attractive And I think it should sound attractive to you as well. You know, the thing about salespeople, I am one, so I can speak to it. Sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we we get busy in life. And we have down months. And the problem with down months for a salesperson or down quarters is the business is very dependent on the success of the salespeople. One of the worst things you can do is have one salesperson. One salesperson gets comfortable. One salesperson doesn't want anyone else to know about the honey hole. One salesperson is limited in capacity. One salesperson may not be able to do great follow-up, follow-through. At that same dealership I started at when I was 19 or 20 years old, whatever I was, um, I remember 
I got an opportunity a couple months in the so-called internet manager, which was a new position at the time and nobody wanted it, got caught doing cocaine in the bathroom. I think I've told you all the story before. Well, I come in, they, they ask me, you know, hey, you, you're good with computers and you're good with the phone, getting people in the door from phone calls. Do you think you could do this job? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never done it, but I'll give it a shot. I'm thinking, how many leads does this guy get? So I get in there, and he was getting 330 leads a month. 333, 330 leads a month. 330 on average. The guy was closing eight doors a month. Eight, ten on a good month, 12. So that's where I set my sights at the time because... I mean, I really wanted to sell 20 or 25 cars because that's the most, like, anybody was selling. So I get in there, and I start grinding. First month, you know, it was like 8, 10, 12, 15, 18, 20, 22, 25, 28. I think my biggest month was like 34 cars. That's a lot. But guess what? Even I, when I was doing that, didn't want to share. So when I was gotten to the high 20s, guess what? The general sales manager comes over and says, hey, I want you to hire someone for the department. I want you to groom them. And I want you both to sell out of the leads. And I said, Jared, I don't want to cut my leads in half, man. I was like, that's going to hurt my income. So I purposely didn't find anyone for as long as possible. But then they stuck somebody in there with me. My numbers stayed the same, and they sold 8 to 10 cars. We just increased by 8 to 10 cars with an average gross profit of about 1500 to two grand. Was it a little bit more difficult for me? It was a little bit more difficult, but it wasn't tremendously more difficult. But guess what happened next? They say, Ryan, can you take over all three of these dealerships and run the internet department for all three and do what you've done over here? Sure. So, I take over the internet department for three dealerships. And the biggest thing that they had issues with is that everybody wanted to buy cars at invoice. But I was able to hold gross profit on some customers. But this was the new age of shopping where customers could go online and see the invoice, what we paid for the car. So it was very difficult to keep a customer, you know, at, sticker price or near sticker price. And then you have used vehicles, which is a little bit more complicated, but you still have like KVB and all those telling you what the car's worth. And you have, you have these, you know, ideas of the condition or, you know, how it should be rated, all the data that you got to put in to get the price. When in reality, back then, Kelly Blue Book was super low 
and there wasn't a dealer in the country that was uh, going to sell their cars for that price. And the funny part about it is their trade-in value was even high, and nobody was giving them trade-in value. So getting to the point, if you're having a revenue issue, maybe you have a sales issue or a marketing issue. You know, not every great salesperson is a closer. And then some of you guys have probably met closers who are not great salespeople. Closers who are not great salespeople come off very pushy. They go for the they go for the home run too early. It's the guy that walks up in the bar and asks the girl to go home without even introducing himself. And he may win one out of a hundred, but he ain't winning many. And he's turning people off. Somer USA and Somer Group want to thank you for an incredible year and the trust you've put in them and their products. As you know, Somer places high value on relationships, education, customer service, innovation, and professionalism. And they are grateful to you for your part in the fostering and dissemination of these values. If there is any way Somer can support you in your journey, whether through their products, the values they hold to, or the knowledge Somer has gained through interaction with door dealers across the world, please reach out to the team at your convenience. They are here to serve you. Again, thank you from the entire Somer team. Check them out at SomerUSA.com. Tell them Ryan sent you. A good salesperson listens, asks the right questions, focuses on the customer's needs and wants. And it's key, hear what I said, needs and wants. It's not just needs. And then I'm a big fan of menu selling. I learned this in automotive when I was in the finance department. Menu selling is giving the customer options and letting them choose. Restaurants have been doing it for ages. You feel like you're in control when you have a menu in front of your face with options to choose from. And you're like, duh, Ryan, what else would it be? Well, the alternative is you walk into a restaurant and you don't have menus. And then you leave it all up to the people, the servers or whoever, to tell you what they think you want. Because they're not going to list everything that they offer in every different scenario. They're going to say, are you in the mood for beef, chicken, or fish? Well, I'm in the mood for beef. Okay, well, we got hamburgers. What do you want? I mean, they've, they've perfected, most of them have perfected the menu selling feature. Now, some have too many items on their menu, and it's overwhelming. It's hard to make a decision, so it delays. It takes longer to process everything. Some don't have enough, and you feel like you're kind of backed into a corner to get something you don't truly love. And that is how you perfect the menu. You put just enough options on there that you know that they're going to like it, you have three different price points. It's 
Sales is the engine. And the details to the sale, the fine details, are so important that sometimes when business is getting good, you don't need those fine details because everybody's buying and you're like, man, I'm good at this. And then it slows down and your numbers drop because you're still lazy selling. We got to keep the consistency, the consistency of following the process of the sale. I mean, you guys have heard it on here for all the people that come in to train. All the things that they're going to implement when they get back. I mean, I'm getting text messages. I, I was on a GDU call this week, yesterday, actually. This is Saturday morning at 530. I drove over here because all my family's asleep. Yesterday, Friday, I um, one of the people in Chicago area came down, one of the sales trainings. She said that her team has doubled their average, doubled by implementing just a few of the things that I suggested, one of them being menu selling, offering the customer options. That's incredible. Could you imagine if you doubled the revenue through your service department without spending any more money, just dealing with the calls that you currently have? It's called leakage. Leakage is when you leave money on the table because you didn't do a good job. It's called leakage because customers could have had a better experience with someone else, but they chose your company and you only gave them one option. And that was the option you thought was best. I know it hurts. And you might be mad at me right now, and you may not agree with me, but this has been proven over decades. It's proven to work. I'm telling you guys, not everybody's going to choose the top package, but not everybody's going to choose the bottom either. People love the middle. The middle screams value if you set it up properly. And you got to build value in your company, yourself. Like the whole thing has to go together. It's super important. You can't afford to spend money on marketing and be half of what you should be. You can't. So the blocking and tackling, that's got to help. That's got to be the answer. Block and tackle. Block and tackle. The fundamentals. It starts with the customer journey of doing a search of garage door repair near me or going on Facebook and putting a post out there and getting responses with recommendations. It's my alarm to wake up. So I want to let you guys know that 
think it's really important that you focus on the fundamentals, the details, slow down, follow up. I mean, just doing follow up, you're doing better than probably 60% of the companies out there. Most companies are not calling customers after they leave. I love you guys. I hope this was helpful for you. If nothing else, it just kind of snaps you out a little bit and gets you thinking, stretch the brain. That's my goal. That's what I love to do. Anyway, Ryan here, Torsion Talk Podcast. Take action. Enjoy the ride. And if you need anything, hit me up.